Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes. Welcome to Tech Radio, entering our second decade as the number one Irish tech podcast with the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Of course, you find us online wherever it is you download your podcast from, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or TuneIn. And we also keep you up to date daily on all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Joining me as always is our Tech Central Editor-in-Chief, Niall Kitson, and in a kind of a special show today, we are just sharing our list. It's kind of a list and a bit of a challenge for each of us to get the best luxury gadgets. Yes. The, define luxury. Luxury is something that I would like, but I can't afford. Or even if I could afford it, I wouldn't devote that much of my money to it because I'd be broke. <laughs> Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like, you know, you, you see these uh, fantastic uh, TVs or whatever, and you kind of go, wow, that's a grand. Yeah. But I've only got like 1200 in my bank account. Yeah. So am I okay, going to spend okay. the grand on that? Because it's possible. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. It's self-denial. It's terrible. I, I interpreted the brief slightly differently. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone outrageous? Um we, sh- we shall see. We shall have, see. Have you gone for things that exist or have you gone for things that um, are, are yet to be invented by an alien race? So Some of them, most of them exist, actually, in fairness. Most right, of them okay. exist. Okay. All oh. of mine exist. Okay. Be- because I'm a very practical person. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Practicality okay. might have gone out the window with a few of my choices, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so luxury gadgets, then, is mm. what it is. I'll start off, right? Uh, I think this is going to surprise you, all right? Because normally when we chat, uh, I'm Mr. Samsung and uh, yeah. you'd be Mr. Apple and it would rarely be the other way around. Mm. I'm going to start off with an Apple pr- a product. Yes. And it is the Mac Pro 2020. Okay. Now, we're not going to mention this in its vanilla form, seeing as we're doing luxury. Oh, my God. No, no, no. We're talking the top end. Which will set you back in American money, anyway. $54,000. And then some. That's that's a lot of computer. <laughs> I'm looking at the very top end spec. So now, you know, kind of like if you're looking at a fairly good laptop or a fairly good iMac or a fairly good uh, whatever, mm. uh, if you get like a six core processor, you're doing well. Mm. Yeah. Okay. For the Mac Pro 2020 that I want, uh, it's got a 28 core processor. Yeah. See, the, that's why this is this is luxury. I mean, you don't, we're not in the market for the sort of application that would tax that kind of system. No. I mean, that's what you're going to be editing mm. 4K well, feature I, I, films I just on. want to be able to edit a video, put it together, right? And then instead of the computer telling me that'll take 30 minutes to render or whatever yeah, yeah, happens yeah. to be, I want it to go zing, done. <laughs> yeah. Rendering really is the, the, it's the fine print of video editing, mm. really, isn't it? I mean, mm. you've put together something and you're like, great, fantastic, export. Oh, this is going to take ages. <laughs> And it does. <laughs> and it really does. I mean, that that is the fine print. You go through all this, you know, we put this power in your hands and you, know, you can make anything you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't have the time to be uh, dealing with with rendering and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I'm sure, I'm quite sure that the Mac Pros are being sold by the bucket load. Mm, probably, To yeah. uh, Hollywood and the movie yes. industry. Yeah, I'd say there are an awful lot of high-end workstations being chucked out the window 
while these things are being brought in. Well, there you go. That's top of my list. The uh, the Mac Pro with the uh, 28 core processor, the the eight God knows what of a SSD hard drive, mm. 1.5 terabytes of RAM, yeah. that kind of thing. It's a different world. Yeah, uh, I, I don't necessarily need the wheels, though. No, no. Do you know what I'd use it for? Oh, grating cheese. <laughs> notepad. Just on principle. I'd only use it for notepad. And, and having a nice wallpaper. That's it. So listen, what's, what's, what's top of your list? Okay, top of, top of my list. Um, I'm, I'm not a watch guy, but I am definitely a fan of the craft of horology, which is the making of watches. And, you know. If you, the study of time, if you want to get okay, it. all right. So this is like Swiss watchmaking and very fine, yes. detailed mechanics. Yes, and one thing that uh, I'm I'm fascinated by uh, when it comes to watch and clockmakers is the level of individual craft and effort they put into things. And it's not unusual for you to see, you know, a list of most expensive watches in the world, and there's only one of them ever been made. So uh, I came across a brand called uh, Artia. A-R-T-Y-A, I'm sure I have pronounced that incorrectly, Artia. And they have uh, lines of very specified, absolutely stunning watches that are, you know, they're more than uh, a functional uh, piece on your wrist. They're conversation starters. You know, these are actual pieces of art. And one that in particular, if you happen to be into Googling, um, things afterwards. I was looking at the uh, Son of Gears uh, range and these kind of have a steampunk feel to them. They they have that sort of exposed face with all the sort of the gears behind it and you've got two, um, you've got your, your arms and it's, it's very simple. It just tells the time but it is just a beautiful piece of engineering and there are only uh, 99 of them in the world uh, Artia do they're very specific about this thing limited 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 runs about a hundred in the world and this one will set you back just over five thousand euro Ooh, that's actually, that is eminently doable yeah I recommend going on to their uh, their website and just seeing what can be done with such a simple idea and each you know they've got different lines that have yeah, uh, different themes to them. One they call Russian roulette, where, where there's sort of a, a casing, bullet casing, hmm. uh, facing outwards. Um, other ones they have sort of inspired by motor cars, and they look like hubcaps, you know. Um, but all very subtle, very fine, tu- finely tuned designs. They they blew me away when I saw them. So uh, yeah, Artia watches. And are these kind of watches, uh, they're not done to your specification. They've come up with the ideas themselves. Uh, for They've the design. come up with yeah, the okay. ideas themselves. But, yeah. And then you say there's only 99 available. Is it 99 styles or is it just 99 watches? And that's 99 it? of each style. Ah, okay. So it's, not, so it's 100 by 100, so that's, uh, whatever, 10,000 or something, is it? Well, I mean, they don't have that many lines. They've got, they've got like, I think, 10 at the moment. All right, okay. All so right. very specialized, but beautifully put together watches. Okay. And actually, do you, and, and that's a perfect example of what luxury is. Yes. Because five grand is the kind of amount where, you know, you could spend it. Goodness knows mm-hmm. we, we all buy cars and stuff like that. True. Uh, so why not? But would you? Yeah, there's the question. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a next one on my list. This may uh, surprise you a little because I don't think it exists, um, but it is a kind of a luxury item or maybe just a question on society today. Okay. I would like a phone. You've got me. 
<laughs> I'm listening. That, that has not got a phone number. Oh, okay. Just an interesting little thought this, right? Right. We have, for the last, though, since the 70s, okay, we've mm-hmm. been able to change an IP address, which is like a phone number, mm-hmm. into text. So you can go www.thisismywebsite.com. Mm, yeah. Why can't we do that with phones? So Why can't you just have the phone and my phone number is Dusty Rhodes? Right. Okay. Do you so, see what I mean? Do you, do you know what? This would almost be a brilliant example of a use for blockchain where you have your personal blockchain where you store your contacts. Okay. And they would have like a direct line to you and you would have a direct line to them mm. and it's encrypted. Meaning <laughs> that we can chat to people and nobody will overhear us except, of course, our Google and our Amazon no, smart speakers. See, the, if, it's po- if it's properly encrypted, there'll be none of that. <laughs> but I don't know. Do you really need to have your phone conversations properly encrypted? I suppose you probably do. I suppose you probably need to have your emails. It all depends on the call, doesn't it? Yeah. And your mom, you don't need to have that encrypted. Well, no, that's true. But I, I think this is going to be a fascinating direction for blockchain technology. Uh, encrypted social contracts between individuals. Do you think, uh, th- th- is blockchain an encryption software, as in, like, in real time? Yeah. Is it really? As far as I know. All right, okay. I thought blo- blockchain, <laughs> yeah, okay, here we go. Tech radio thought, editor I, yeah, slammed yeah, yeah. over lack of expertise. But my understanding of blockchain was that it was it was kind of like an encryption key more than anything else that would keep a nugget of information or something along those lines. And then you get into Bitcoin then, and I can't remember how they derive value on that and so on and so forth. But using it as a real-time encryption thing, I thought. Okay, Your contract has dusty roads. With, you know, me as Niall Kitson. Mm-hmm. Here are all the things we're going to be talking about today. Here's all our correspondence. And this is all you need to know. All right. Okay. That'd be useful, wouldn't it? It could be. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I brought it up now. <laughs> You're hurting my brain. Okay. Okay. <laughs> on. What's next on your the, list? The removal of phone numbers. That's, that's what you want. The removal of phone numbers. Yeah. Just like we've done with uh, the uh, website addresses. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this next company I'm going to talk about. It's a, I believe they're a French company called Hadoro. And their principal business is making your smartphone, iPhones really is their, is their business apparently, um, look better. Now, this is, you know, we, we think our smartphones are reasonably well made, especially mm-hmm. iPhones. iPhones mm-hmm. are incredibly well made. What this company do is they crack open your phone Take away all the sort of the gorilla glass, all the the backing and all that. So they've just got your phone and they put their own casing on it. And their own casings are made of very, very high end materials indeed, uh, such as carbon fiber, carbon fiber, um, special uh, steel, Damascus steel and um, uh, whatever else you really want to put on it. However, what I was particularly interested in was their Bling Bony, right? And this is a black casing made out of carbon fibre and steel. And it's it's a skeleton on the back of your iPhone. A skeleton given the Han Solo and carbonite treatment. It's sort of like you have the back of your phone and it looks like something is buried and then there's peeking out. There's like 
bones of a skeleton. And this skeleton has eyes and the eyes work. They roll, they blink. I, they I, do stuff. I, I, I really wish this was on YouTube because I would love people to see your face. You are so intent and alive and your stare is maniacal. It's, it's, like, it's I, brilliant. I, I feel I need to leave the room. Yes, yes. Well, I tell you, for the privilege of having your, uh, your phone look like a graveyard, look like a, 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 a grave that's been disturbed, three and a half thousand euro... Ooh, and that doesn't include the phone. That does not include the phone. So it, is this, a, would they also do these kind of things where you see, you see like, you know, the $10,000 iPhone and stuff like that because it's encrusted in diamonds and, and gold and all that kind of stuff? Do you know what? Or is a, this a step ahead of that again? It's a similar business. Okay. It's a similar business. Uh, the idea that, well, you know, Apple did things pretty well, but mm. guess what? <laughs> If you, if you really want your phone to be cool, we can sort that out for you. Okay. So, so, so far, right, we've had a, a practical with the Mac Pro. Yeah. And then the other two things that you've suggested are just, there's no use in these things at all. Well, I mean... I suppose a watch tells the time. A watch tells the time. Uh-huh. Maybe not by our standards these okay. days. And then a phone takes calls. A phone takes calls, yeah. <laughs> but this isn't even the phone. Like, this is just the, the casing. That's a, that's a, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, Bespoke you know, casing, so, well, right, okay. custom casing. So these these are proper luxury items for you. Then they're, they're they, just a little. It's kind of something to make you feel good, and hopefully, other people feel bad. Oh, that's that's a terrible way to put it. But that's is a, it true? No. Okay, so it's uh, something to make you feel good, and other people to feel. Like they're lesser than you are. No. Below you. No. Not as rich as you are. No. Don't have the same high style as you I'm a you journalist, have. Dusty. Money doesn't come into it. <laughs> there is no money. <laughs> you're, you're not looking at a founder here, you know? <laughs> well, this next on my list, I have got something that we saw at CES. I think it was in 2019. Okay. Certainly wasn't this year. Uh-huh. Um, and I just kind of went, oh, wow, that would, that would be something very cool. Very James Bondish to okay. have in the house. Well, sorry. Very appropriate, seeing as so, we have a Bond movie this year. Well, the, <laughs> if we're lucky, we will. Um, but it still isn't out, even after being shown at CES, like over 12 months ago. Uh, it is the LG 65-inch OLED TV with the rollable screen. I was going to uh, guess that. Uh, uh, when you said it was announced at CES 2019, it hasn't arrived yet. I was thinking it's probably an LG TV set. Can you imagine how cool that is? Can yeah. you imagine? That, I mean, you, you can think back to the was it the 60s or the 70s or whatever, and it would probably be James Bond movie where he'd be in the bed with the girl and the whatever, and he'd just go click with his remote control, mm-hmm. and this TV would arise out of nowhere at the end of the yeah, bed. yeah, that kind of thing. It's yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of. Like one one of the one gadget that I had that I really miss is a cinema projector, and it just had to go because I didn't have the room for it. Okay. And what um, do you mean you didn't have the room for a projector? I didn't have the room for a projector. A projector is a small little thing. This was a big cinema, well, not quite cinema quality, but it was a big projector. 
All this, right. this wasn't a short throw thing like uh, you'd get on a, a Lenovo laptop or something oh, like is that. Oh, is this a cinema projector as in you put rolls of film? No, no, no. It? This was a home cinema projector. It was oh, an right, Epson okay. one. Uh, All right. And it was quite large, quite bulky. Okay. And the only way I would have been In able relation to, to a suitcase? Uh, about half a suitcase. Wow. Right. So um, uh, the problem was I would have had to mount it on my ceiling for it to project against a screen. Um, or just the wall. Hmm. What this uh, LG TV reminds me of is having to do that only without the projector. Essentially is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but this is only the 65-inch version. Hey, I I would have been getting max 70 inches. Wow. 70-inch picture. I I saw an LED screen the other day. It was 85 inches. Oh, God. It was just unbelievably big, and I was just kind of going, would I like that? And then, of course, I went... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, years ago, when we were still doing Toys for Big Boys, I saw a 100-inch TV set. I can't Mm. remember if it was LG or Samsung. And this thing, oh, my God. There there was only one in Ireland at the time. And it was pretty much a, oh, look what LCD can do. And I tell you, it it weighed a ton. It was, you know, (laughs) you would not have brought it into your house, Mm. put it that way. Mm. Uh, It had a huge bezel on it. It was incredibly thick. Um, and it was just completely ridiculous. Nowadays, the average TV size apparently is 55 inches. And if you look at 80 to 100 inch t- TVs today, they're not unheard of. And no. um, they're very, very thin. They have very, very little in the way of a bezel. Mm. And they're quite, quite movable. As in you can hide it behind a curtain or something like that. As or you in, could even take it down if you wanted off as a wall. Or two human beings could carry it between them. All right. Well, I like TVs that one human being can carry. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Andy for getting around. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's interesting where we're going with uh, TVs. I, as well as the rollable uh, TV, mm. uh, there was another one that I saw that it was literally you would hang the TV on a wall like a picture. Yeah. It was yeah. that thin, and I kind of want that. That's fantastic. I think that's an LG one as well, isn't it? Uh, could well be. Oh. Um, uh, another one is where, you know, I suppose it sounds stupid. I'm, I'm thinking of like, you know, you pull back the curtains and there's the telly kind of a thing, or you've got a little sliding door in your, in, in your wall. Um, I think probably what I'm getting away from is that I like the idea of having a TV that you watch that is enormous. Right. But you don't want the TV to take over your life. Hmm, true. Do you know what I mean? So, like, if it's enormous, it's going to be sitting there. And even when it's turned off, it just looks like a black mirror and it's like, whatever. Hmm. Or you could hide it and pretend that it's a fireplace or a, a, an aquarium or whatever it is, if, if you want to do that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, but the, the other thing I was going to say where I like where TV is going is with all of the apps that all of the TV broadcasting stations have now and with Netflix and Amazon Plus and Disney Plus and all this kind of stuff, where it's kind of like the, the one thing that drives me nuts about TV is like we sit down after a long day and you go let's see what's on yeah oh my god this process of flicking through the channels yeah yeah yeah. It does my head in. But uh, we got a we got a, a Roku box in uh, recently. Hmm. So we're able to have all of these apps on. So now we found ourselves drifting away uh, from them. And because I'm, I'm a geek and a nerd and I've mm-hmm. set up all this that, uh, uh, thing, I have uh, it set up so we're able to access the BBC iPlayer and the ITV player and the Channel 4 mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we're able to watch 
box sets or stuff from last week. And the, the, like we can actually get in and actually watch something we want to see yeah. instead of, oh, what's on? Because you know what's always on? Mm. It's the chase with Bradley Walsh. Oh, goodness. Yeah. That man, that man can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, you want could comedy, he, you want drama, you want game shows, just just call could, him. Could he do a tech show, do you think? Oh, is, he can do anything. <laughs> what else have you got on your list? Okay, uh, you're, you're a radio guide, therefore, mm. a great man for audio, mm-hmm. and all things audio, mm-hmm. being able to spot good audio. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you're, you're the sort of person, if I, if I dropped you into a, a boutique audio store, the sort where they don't put prices on anything, uh, you would... Probably have a reasonable idea of how much things would cost. I'm being set up for a fall. Go on. <laughs> you are a little bit, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a uh, background to this. Uh, I remember about hmm, a good 10 years ago before the, before the crash, uh, we used to do a couple of segments on home automation. Hmm. And home automation at that time basically meant very good entertainment systems. Hmm entertainment systems that had this nice little crossover with interior design where you had speakers behind panels and you had screens behind, you know, pictures that came away and all this sort of thing. It was pretty much, you know, the invisible entertainment system. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, you, Sonus was was one of the big names at the time. And it's still doing very well, but it's, it doesn't have the sort of dominance in the market that it once did. Mm. I don't think, because I think the smart speakers have come along and eaten its lunch to a certain extent. It's a little bit. And then Sonos was, I, th- I for my money, mm. I thought it was a little bit too expensive. I thought yeah. it was a little bit too coloured. And mm. I thought it was a little bit too awkward because you can't just play music on a Sonos speaker. You need to have the Sonos app. Yeah. And that's where they lost me. Yeah. Uh, so home audio has come a long way in the last few years. Uh, and common sense has come a long way in the last few years. <laughs> Don't be silly. No, it hasn't. It's gone backwards. Uh, so to which I introduce you to a gentleman called Jeremy Kipnis, mm. who is the creator of the world's most expensive home theatre system. Mm. So uh, if you can imagine, this is a gentleman with an awful lot of money, uh, $6 million in this case, uh, and a very big room to shove everything in. And to describe this thing, if you were to imagine... You remember the opening scene of Back to the Future where Michael J. Fox is playing his guitar in front of this giant, ginormous cone. speaker. Yes, yeah, and it you know shoots him across the uh, across the room. If you were to imagine a room kind of filled with <laughs> with speaker cones like that, and then you know small little tweakers and all, this, like this sort of obsessive compulsive individual gathered everything with a cone and put it into one room and put a screen in the middle of it. This is roughly what you're looking at. Okay. Kind of has to be seen to be believed. Not so much. I I would imagine so. Not so much a product as one gentleman's life obsession, I think, put together. Right. To which, you know, I always wonder when I see these really elaborate, nicely designed home systems that are, you know, they take your breath away. You know, they're so well designed and they're so finely balanced. Mm. And do you think these people have any taste? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Oh, my God, no. (laughs) You think they're like, you know... If they had any taste, they would not go to those extremes because you don't need to go to those extremes to get that kind of good sound. Yeah. Do you you think this is going to be the thing where uh, people who go out and they're buying 8K sets now... Because uh, one story that we have on Tech Central uh, that we posted a couple weeks ago was a study done by Warner Brothers... Uh, no better people to be invested in AV technology. And they did a study comparing 4K and 8K. 
And do you think audiences can tell the difference? So this is uh, 4K and 8K uh, uh, screens. Yeah. Yes, OK. No, no, I don't think anybody could tell the difference. No, no. they can't tell the difference. Mm. They can't tell the difference. So uh, save yourself a whole lot of money and heartache. Don't buy 8K. Just, you know, if you really want that super mm. HD experience, go with 4K. But do, do you remember, like, um, certainly when I was growing up, the, the thing to have, I mean, your stereo system mm. was your pride and joy. All oh, right? definitely. And you, the, you know, the amplifier that you would have, and then the tuner, and then mm. you'd have a separate, and it all had to be separates and da-da and all yeah. that kind of stuff, all right? And then, but the one thing that all, all music systems uh, had in common was they had two speakers. Mm. Roll on to today. Mm-hmm. All right, in our modern and enlightened society, mm-hmm. and the vast majority of speakers that you buy have got one speaker. They're a bar, or, or a bar. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't even see two speakers. It's just it's it's a bar. Or if you buy a radio, there's just one speaker in it. Or if you get a smart speaker, it literally is a smart speaker. Yeah, it's one. Yeah. We're, we're going back to mono, and nobody is kind of going. Well, this is a step backwards, except for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did we go to all the trouble of inventing stereo and then? <laughs> well, here's a question: Are you a separate guy? Not anymore. I, I think. Um, I I think because I've worked at it so much, and this is this is kind of one of the terrible things uh, in life. It's when you start doing what you're passionate about and what you love for a living. Hmm. The good thing is, is that you never work a day in your life. True. All right. And I never have worked a day in my life. I've always done what I've, I've, I've um, um, my, my passion and pursued it. And so, but it becomes very every day. Yeah. Becomes quotidian. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, kind of when I get home, it's like, you know, if I've got a good sound, I, I mean, if I, 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 I could never, ever tolerate it, a little tranny. Yeah, uh, so you're, you you're done with that. But if I have a nice sounding speaker doing whatever, okay, I'm happy with that. No, Okay. So, but uh, the way you're describing that room is in a room full of speakers and cones and stuff like that. With yeah. Screens, it just no. overwhelms everything in it. It's just this array of speaker no, cones. No, no, no. Do you know what I would love to say? And I've, and I've heard that it's true, but I've never actually seen it happen, is that there is a particular bass frequency. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. if you play that loud mm. enough and long enough in front mm. of people or whatever, it will make them sick. That's, uh, is that a bit of a myth? Oh, but that's what I would like to find out. Hmm, yeah. Hmm. Anyways, next thing on my list. Okay. Uh, what have I got? Ah, right now, getting away from uh, speakers. Mm-hmm. I would like a fully kitted out, mm-hmm. modern mm-hmm. cockpit simulator. Ah. This, this because is- I've always had my other passion in life, aside mm. from radio and audio music and stuff like that, has been flying and aviation. Mm. Never pursued it as a career. Uh, I did. I learned how to fly years ago mm. uh, for the private pilot's license, but never really pursued it beyond that. Uh, never wanted. I never wanted to be a commercial pilot because, as I tell everybody, I hate being told what to do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so as much as I loved, uh, you know, flying around a seven four seven or a triple seven or whatever like that. Uh, uh, having somebody come on the speaker and go, okay, make a left turn to Vladimir <laughs> No, I don't want to go to Johannesburg. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Your own so, man, Dusty. Yeah, and then and the other uh, advantage of having a, a simulator and stuff like that is like, you know, kind of when you get bored of, of doing one landing, you can just, you know, flick a switch and then try another one. <laughs> 
Well, you you have always had a thing for flight simulators. Always. And it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing what they can do. Microsoft, of course, are uh, coming out with their new uh, 2020 Microsoft simulator, which just looks awesome. But the um, I've seen many simulators in the past where you sit in a, in a, a seat. Uh, there will be a wraparound screen around you. If they're really doing their stuff with the simulator, they will have kind of a fake uh, cabin, aircraft mm-hmm. cabin, and then the screen is outside of that. So it looks like you're actually looking through glass oh. at the scenery beyond it. Um, and it's very realistic. Even though your seat isn't moving, mm. It does feel very realistic. Of course, mm. now, you know, the big super-duper professional ones that the pilots use uh, for their training and stuff like that, they do move with yeah, yeah. hydraulic platforms and stuff like that. But if you were doing something at home uh, or in your garage or something like that, and I've seen many people who do this, and they do, they get the fake cockpit and they have it all looking exactly as a, a 737 would and they've got the console down the middle and the two seats and, the, oh, man, I'd love to do that. <laughs> I would love to do that. I mean, literally, if, if you won a million, I'd, I'd devote. 10%, 100 grand to put it together at the cockpit of my dreams. To, to oh, fictional be, landings. Oh, man, it'd be so much fun. <laughs> oh, imagine the line of, of friends you'd have yeah. <laughs> coming around on a Friday night. Who needs to go to the pub? Yeah. <laughs> we can pretend to land fictional airplanes at fictional airports. What do you think the appeal is? Is it sort of the precision? Actually, do you know what? I don't know. There's always been a thing since... since um, uh, about flying um, mm. what is it for me I kind of like the precision do you know what I if, uh, genuinely flying alright um, and I don't mean in, com- in commercial planes I mean in my little Cessnas and stuff like that mm. uh, the great thing is you take one of those things up and you just meander around mm. it's kind of like you know just kind of ah we go for a drive yeah. <laughs> what's over there I've, I've done that literally mm. what's over there or somebody would say uh, do you like whatever steak and I'll kind of go yeah and they go I know a great place 100 miles away from here and it's kind of there feels right beside it I've done that in the past. It's that kind of sense of freedom, but kind of looking down on the world from, you know, kind of four, six, eight thousand feet or whatever. Mm. So you're not so high that you're up in the clouds, but you're able to look at the scenery around you. And I think it's just like fantastic. So that's what's in it for me. And if I had all the money in the world, I would absolutely get a a brand new flight sim for myself. Well, that that is, that is. There you go. Surely a luxury gadget. What's on your list? What's next? Okay, this is, this is my last one, isn't it? Ah, uh, I think it could be, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, right, I'm going to hit you up with a piece of trivia. Uh-oh. You've got a fairly basic knowledge of Star Wars, don't you? Mm, yeah, rudimentary, yes. Rudimentary, okay. Uh, what was the most iconic Darth Vader to one side Star Wars costume? Now, uh, for an individual you, character you're going to go jab of the hut is that what you're going he to say he didn't have a costume he was an alien yeah but that's what I'm saying <laughs> he wasn't a real alien though <laughs> they're all that, aliens that, that was a costume <laughs> <laughs> no but you know in, in terms of you know uh Probably Princess Leia's okay. and probably okay. Princess Leia's hairstyle. Okay, get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah, okay, right. Star Wars is full of it. What do you right. mean? Get my mind. Get out of it. What's wrong with that? Talking about her hairstyle. I was, I was going to say something oh uh, much God. more tame. Much, much, much more tame. But um, okay, you're, you're talking about the, the stormtroopers. No. Oh, I'm not talking about stormtroopers. So you're not talking about Princess Leia's hairstyle. No. Uh, you're no. not talking about Darth Vader, and you're I'm, not talking about stormtroopers. No, I'm talking about Chewbacca. No, I'm talking about a costume that actually made people wonder so much about what was going on within and before 
that they've made a TV series out of it called The Mandalorian. And it is uh, Boba Fett okay. and his armour. And years and years and years ago, in the, the Halcyon days in the 1980s, um, there was an action figure uh, made of Boba Fett. Uh, and you know the way that he had a rocket strapped mm. to his back. And there was a special spring uh, mount to this rocket. So he had an action figure and you press the button and his little rocket would shoot. And it was absolutely fantastic. However, it was, uh, yeah... The, the um, crowd that made it, Kenner, uh, who had the license at the time, um, they were worried about children, you know, shooting each other in the eye with these little rockets things. So it never, uh, never really hit the shelves. Um, uh, but there was, uh, there is floating around in the ether, a very, very small number of these Boba Fett action figures. And if you can find one, it will set you back $150,000. Okay, well, that's way beyond uh, everybody's budget. Well, unless you're a billionaire. <laughs> would you pay 150, even if you were a millionaire, would you pay 150 grand for that? Uh, it depends how, how big a Star Wars fan I was. Maybe not. But it is one of these things that I, I'm not a big believer in the toy or the comic or the collectible speculation market. Not a huge believer in it. Um, because I saw a talk in the 1990s with um, Simon Furman, uh, who did the Transformers comics, and he said, you know, this whole thing of, you know, the speculative market for comics, hmm. um, it, it's a complete nonsense. This was in the 1990s when there actually was one, quite quite a powerful one, um, exemplified by the death of Superman. When, when that comic came out, everybody went, went out and they bought it on the assumption that this plot was so, so important mm. that, you know, it will resonate throughout the decades. You know, a superhero has died. My God. Um, but everyone who wanted a copy of that comic was able to get one. And they got one. And the whole point of the speculators market is that it's based on scarcity. Well, that's very true. But everybody has one of these things. <laughs> so it's not scarce. So it has no value whatsoever. <laughs> It's like Beatles records. It's like Beatles records. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you're going to think 1964, oh my God, that was their first number one. But sure, yeah. Like, you know, a billion other people bought it. That's why it was number one. There you go. It's all out in the market. Whereas this is something that actually never made it to market. Mm. Therefore, it is incredibly scarce. And therefore, it actually does have some sort of speculative value attached to it, which is actually going to appreciate as people continue to be crazier and crazier about Star Wars for no reason because there hasn't been a good Star Wars film since Rogue One. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. We won't go there. We won't go there. Listen, tell me uh, this just to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Star Wars. Yeah. If you had 10 grand. Yeah. And you were told I'm going to send you on a 10 grand holiday to Florida. <sighs> okay. Uh, to go on the new Star Wars ride with Disneyland. Right. Yeah. Would you? Totes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You? Um, I don't know. Because I've seen so many YouTube videos of it, it's kind of like, eh, mm. I, I've kind of figured out how it all works now. And uh, <laughs> do yeah, you know I mean? I've yeah. seen behind the curtain, you know, that kind of a mm. way. Well, I, I I would, of course, have to invest in the, the legendary Fast Pass because there's no way I'm queuing for five hours to go on a ride. Mm. <laughs> That's oh, insane. absolutely no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I was going to say, have I done that before? No, I've done these uh, the queuing. I remember queuing for the Back to the Future ride. Okay. Uh, and I can't remember. It must have been 90 minutes or something oh, like that. Oh, God, that's hell. 
Oh, the queue, queuing was great, but the ride itself was fantastic. It was, it, right. it was terrific. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I've, no, I've just, I've just been looking at that Star Wars one, kind of going, wow, that looks kind of, hmm. it, it never, ever once, and I love Star Wars, right? Hmm. If, but I never once, even from the first viewing of videos of, of that particular um, hmm. um, experience, I never went, oh, wow, amazing. Yeah. I don't know why. I kind hmm. of, it's like, um, they say you should never meet your heroes. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's it, like me do, being put into it. Mm, you, and and you know, like, it's real, but it's not real. It's fake. Uh, it's it's a different kind of suspension of disbelief. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, we, we, we got some very good things in there, I didn't we? I think we certainly did. Of all the things that you uh, brought, uh, which was mm-hmm. which would be your favourite? Um, I would say the Boba Fett action figure. That's the one for you. And I think yeah. for me... Uh, it would definitely have to be the flight sim cock- mm. cockpit uh, simulator thing powered by a Mac Pro. <laughs> okay, so we're big children. Uh, so, so, so so we? <laughs> we are children. Of course we're children, for God's sake. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this show if we weren't children. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that is it for this week. No, thank you, as always. Uh, do remember, you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters, and more, which you can grab at our website, techessential.ie. For myself, uh, Dusty Rhodes, and from Nile Kids, and thanks so much for listening and sharing some time with us. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.